Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. himself if you're asking yourself why did dr bean pick that music i hit the wrong button that's all i say is i hit the wrong button kimberly holmes is here with us tonight and we'll be talking together welcome kimberly thank you for having me joe and kimberly just about lost it when that music came on we were having a dance party let me correct joe was having a dance party (laughs) okay in this program what we want to do is give you some specifics and how you can help the marriages of people whose marriages are in trouble. And before we start that, let me just say, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Right now in America, the current rate, according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, and you say, well, why would it come from them? Because they do a lot of statistical studies. They say that we have an average of 3.1 divorces for every 1,000 population in America. Now that comes to a little over a million divorces a year. And it's been a little over a million divorces a year for a while now. So we understand that. We know that we know that a lot of divorces are taking place. Right here in the state of Tennessee, from which we're broadcasting, we know that there are about 30,000 divorces a year just in our state. And five states don't even report those things anymore, including California and Georgia and it's in three other states besides that. But understand that we know it's happening. Just tonight, a friend of mine called me on the telephone a couple of hours ago and said, I, I apologize for calling you this late at night. He's a good friend and a good man. It was like 622 in the evening. Well, this is not that late. How can I help you, my friend? And as we talked, one man that he reveres deeply is in marital distress. And my friend had just had dinner with him and heard about what this man was doing that's destroying his marriage and where it's headed. And as my friend, who was a great man, brilliant man, good man in so many ways, as he told me about it, he began to weep lightly because he was so touched by his friend's problem. You likely have people that you care about. I mean, people that are close friends of yours or Maybe relatives, a brother, sister, uncle, aunt, I mean, nephew, whatever. It's just rampant. It's everywhere. People having marriage problems. Beyond the 3.1 average divorce per thousand population, that doesn't count the people whose marriages are miserable. And there's a ton more of them. So what will you do about that? Now, obviously, we are in the, quote, business, end quote, of reaching out and helping marriages all over America and quite literally all over the world. And that's what we do every day, all day long. I'm not asking you to give up your profession to go do that. But I'm saying if there are people in your world that you really honestly, genuinely care about whose marriage is in trouble, are you willing to step in? Are you willing to do something to try to help that? 
A couple of years ago, actually a little longer than a couple, I was having lunch with two men. And one of them was saying, my marriage is in trouble. I went to the leaders of my church and asked them if they would help. And they said that they don't intervene in people's personal problems. I was shocked. I was taken aback. Really? Really? And so he turned to the other guy with me and he said, you're a leader in your church. Would you call my leaders? To which he replied, well, no, you know, that's your church. I'm in my church. I've got no business contacting them. And I couldn't help it. I spoke up and said, I'll talk to them. Ask them if I can. I'll come talk to them right away because they're abdicating their responsibility by not trying to help you with this. And I'll be glad to go in there and I won't jump on them. I won't yell at them. I won't chastise them, but I will do everything I can to encourage them to help. I have heard so many stories. A lady told me, well, my husband's priest. He's known that priest since he was a boy won't get involved. So ministers, church leaders, friends, all kinds of people just ignore. As a matter of fact, some even encourage. Several years ago, I talked to a woman who had been having an affair, and she said, well, one of the upstanding, and I'm not trying to beat up church people here, please hear that, but one of the upstanding church ladies in my church that everybody reveres will actually drive to me with me to Atlanta on a Friday because we're going to go get a plane in Atlanta and fly to New York shop for the weekend. My lover drives over to Atlanta for the weekend. My church lady friend gets on the airplane, flies to New York. I've already given her a list of what I want her to buy. She flies back in Sunday, and then we drive back home from Atlanta and all these things. And I tell my husband what a great time I had shopping. Look at all this stuff. And I said, that woman has never confronted you about what you're doing? No. No, she says she understands, and she helps me do it. God forbid. So here we are in this situation. You know people. You know people who hurt. You know people whose marriages are in trouble. Will you help them? You know, this is the biggest question that a lot of our people have after they've Maybe they've started working on their own marriage and they say, you know, people just are coming out of the woodworks. I'm meeting people or maybe I'm in a a group at church and people are just there's they can tell maybe that there's something about me and they come to me. What can I do from here on out? And I am so happy when people ask that question, because first of all, they're not wanting to just relish and live in their own pain. They're wanting to work past their pain and they're also wanting to use what they've gone through to help other people. They see other people down in the pit that they used to be in and they're putting down their helping hand and saying, you don't have to do this alone. You're not alone. You're not wounded. You're not worthless. I'm here for you and we're going to get you through this. Now, the problem, Joe, is I've seen it. You've seen it. Many of these people just as we call them lay people, not people who are formally trained, Mm -hmm. you know, pastors, counselors, but just people, you know, like, uh, like you people, even like me, uh, they just care a lot about people, but some people don't give good advice. They step into someone's life. Someone asks them for help and they start giving poor advice because they don't know how to help. Or even sometimes what's worse is they don't say anything at all. That's bad, but I think maybe the worst situation is when they say things like, well, you just need to get out of that. Mm. You need to leave. You need to go someplace else. There are a lot of people who will tell you that. Why? Well, some of them because of the fact that that's actually coming out of their own guilt. They, they left their husband or wife, and 
And then when this thing happens, it somehow makes them feel a little better. The first advice they give you is, well, you just need to go ahead, leave, divorce, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or the fact that they love you so much, so much, that they give you bad advice because they see that you're hurt. And then, therefore, they take on that hurt, and it's like, oh, that, that guy you're married to is evil, or that woman you're married to is just no good, as slut. Mm-hmm. And so saying nothing is really bad. I concur. But giving bad advice to people can actually lead them further away from solving their problems. Mm-hmm. Now, what Kimberly and I are going to do, and Kimberly is the uh, chief executive officer. She's the executive director of the nonprofit Marriage Helper. She has a master's degree in psychology. Uh, I have my PhD from the University of Sydney in the area of, of marital satisfaction and health. I mean, I'm sorry, marital satisfaction and sexual satisfaction. We work with marriages in trouble about every day in some way, don't we? Yes. That's what we <laughs> do. So we're going to give you a system that's pretty easy. Now, let me tell you this. In this session, we can't give you everything in detail. So we're going to offer something afterwards, right? We are. We are going to offer a three-part video series that Joe and I are going to do to help you to help you know how to talk to people, to know how to approach people, and even something that you can even share with your friends who might be going through this to kind of aid you and support you in your quest to, to help marriages. You'll have to use your judgment as to whether to share it directly with them or not, or just use those principles. Oh, and how much are we going to charge for this? Nothing. Exactly. We're going to give it to you for free. Mm -hmm. So how can they contact us to get that? So the best way for you to contact us, if you're interested in in getting on that list, is to email help, H-E-L-P, at marriagehelper.com, and just in the subject line, write the words, um, helping troubled marriages just writing helping troubled marriages. You can write something in the body if you want to or not, but we'll make sure that you get those videos as soon as we have them ready. Okay. So that's marriage helper, marriage help ER.com. Well, it's actually, they're going to email help at marriage helper.com. Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> so to that, and just put something about helping troubled marriages, helping marriages in trouble. I mean, phrase it well enough that we know what it's about. Yeah. And we'll let you know when those things are ready. Now, Let me start by teaching you something, and Kimberly and I will do this together, something about, well, a system that you can remember to help people when you discover that their marriage is in trouble. Actually, this same system can be used to help people in any kind of trouble, but we're going to make it specifically apply to marriages. Now, I'm going to use the five fingers of my right hand or my left hand. Just use whatever hand you want. If you want, you can actually take a piece of paper and trace your fingers (laughs) if you wish to do it that way, because it's going to be a a kind of a finger exercise to help you remember how to do this. And each one of these, let me explain it this way. We'll start with the thumb and move over toward the pinky finger. Each one will stand for one thing that you do. Hear this. I'll probably say it again as we go through it, but I want to make sure you hear it now. If you move to another one and it's not working, move back one. Mm-hmm. So if something's not working, you've moved back one finger, you move back one principle, one point and do that. So Kimberly, the thumb, Now we call this the easy method. It's not particularly easy, but we call it the easy method because each point starts with an E. Mm-hmm. And so let's hold up the thumb there, Kimberly, that thumb, what E? The thumb is the ease because, and the way you can remember that is because 
thumbs make things easy for us. As humans, we have thumbs. And so we're able to pick up things and do things that other animals aren't able to do that don't have thumbs. So the thumbs make things easy. And the principle that goes along with this is when you're, especially when you're working with someone who's in a very troubling situation, they feel hurt, defeated, betrayed, all of these emotions that go along with people who are in marriage crisis, they're usually on the edge. They, they are just very emotional many times. Um, Usually they're, they're just not at ease. And so the first thing you want to do is put them at ease and calm them many times when I've had some of my friends come to me when things have happened in their marriage, they're frantic. They, they feel like everything is crashing down at once. They just feel like they're in the middle of the eye of a hurricane. I mean, everything is, is crazy around them. And so the first thing that I do with them is I sit them down. If I'm with them in person, I'll sit them down and I'll say, okay, let's just take a deep breath and calm down because we're going to work through this. You know, I'm here for you. We're going to talk about this over the next, however long it takes. So I'm here. Let's just take a deep breath and let's talk through this together. Which means that you have to be calm. That's right. Laid back, easygoing. That's right. I mean, you don't look at them and say, I'm here to fix you. (laughs) That definitely doesn't put people at ease. Several years ago, remember, I remember said, a guy that I worked with just kind of opened up for about 20 seconds a day and said his marriage was in trouble and I didn't know how to respond. And now I want to talk to him about it. Now that Joe, I've talked to you and you told me how to do it, but I, but he doesn't mention it anymore. And you know, we were working together. I can't just walk over and say, let's start back where we talked about your marriage problems because he won't do it. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And I said, you look for a situation when he will be at ease. So take him to lunch and just talk about work, talk about things where he's not, feeling ambushed, okay, where he can get comfortable with himself. Mm-hmm. Now, you're saying, wait a minute, you mean that sometimes it's not the other person coming to us, sometimes we should go to them? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Just the other day, and it's a little, not quite what I'm explaining here, I was with a friend of mine, we were doing some things together, and, and though his teeth were smiling, his eyes weren't. And so when we finished up the work we were doing together, I said, can I just speak to you privately? And we went into another room and sat down and I just started off with some easygoing things just to put him at ease. And we we chatted for maybe 10 minutes about various things. And then I said, and we'll leave this in a couple of minutes. (laughs) I made a transition into, I can see something's wrong. You're my friend. You can trust me with it. So putting him at ease, Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. You say, yeah, but would, would you ever walk up to a complete stranger and do that? Actually. I have. (laughs) It's pretty rare. But if you see a person who's just in great pain, it's okay to walk up to a person. I actually have walked up, like I'm thinking right now of a woman who was just standing there and weeping. And I walked over to her and said, are you okay? Which is the natural human thing you would say. And of course she said, yes, (laughs) even though obviously she was not. And so I knew, well, if I'm going to help this person, I've got to put her at ease. And I said, okay, I I can see you're hurting. And I know I'm a stranger and you may not want me in your life, but I'm a great listener. And if you just want to talk, I'll stand right out here in public with you and you don't have to worry about anything about me being some shady character. And I'll just listen. And so she started opening up what was going on, what was happening to her at the time, those kinds of things. People who are hurting want somebody to help them, but they want to feel comfortable with you. And yes, you can approach people in pain. Somebody you work with that you know is having a marriage problem, you can do that. But let me tell you one time when it didn't work well. Mm. 
a guy convinced me to call his wife. Oh no. He said, she said, he said, she knows who you are, so she'll take your call. So I called the school where she was a teacher. Asked, I was much younger then. Asked for her. She came to the phone and, and I started right into, this is just not right. You need to straighten all of, I did everything wrong. And I'm going on for like 60, 75 seconds when she says, who are you calling for? <laughs> it was the wrong woman. <laughs> no. So don't do that. And now, Will I call a complete stranger? No. If you call me and say, would you call my wife, call my husband? I won't because there's no way I can put them at ease if right. I call them out of the clear blue. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you want to do is put the person at ease if they approach you or if you approach them. And a couple of more things that go along with that is when you're putting someone at ease, like Joe said, at first, you need to be calm as well. One of the principles that they taught us in uh, my training that I did of master's in family therapy before I switched over to a psych major was, or a psych master's degree was that if you become anxious in the room with a couple that you're counseling, then they will become anxious, even if they aren't, because they feed off of you. It's just like when children are being raised, they look to their caregiver or the person who they believe is that solid person, the most stable person in the room to, sh to see how they should react, to base their reactions off of. So the calmer that you can be matters. Even when they tell you things that are absolutely shocking to you, the faces that you make make a difference. If you seem appalled by the things that they tell you that their spouse might have done or the things that they tell you that they may have done, if they feel judgment from you in any way, it's going to shut them down very quickly. And they're already putting themselves in a very vulnerable position to you. So try and understand that, that that's what's happening and appreciating what they're doing and not reacting in that way. And another thing to consider is if someone's launching into their story, the things they're going on in their marriage, don't usurp the conversation to be about you and your marriage issues and what you've been through. It's great to use your experience and what you've overcome and things like that in a conversation with other people. And especially as we get further along in this 5E system that we're going through. But at first, you don't want to take it and make it about you. This is about them. This is about listening to them and making sure that they feel heard, that they feel like someone's there listening to them, and that they feel understood. So as you understand the ease, and we're about to move to the next point, <clears throat> try to pick a time and a place where it's not going to be pressured, mm -hmm. where you have some time to actually talk, preferably someplace where you can just be comfortable. I mean, like you're drinking coffee on the patio, but just that kind of thing and put the other person at ease. Now, if you're thinking, okay, what if the other person will not receive my trying to help him or her at the very end, we'll tell you how to deal with those people. But if you can do this system, it's the one you always want to try first. Okay. So the thumb ease, put them at ease, put you at ease. Okay. The next finger is the fourth finger. And that one is the explore finger. And the reason it's the explore finger is because that's what we use to explore things with. We take our, our pointer finger, look at things, point at things, show other people things that we're seeing, explore. So in this stage, what you're trying to figure out is, okay, what's happening in the marriage? What is the situation that we're dealing with so that we can proceed going forward? There's a huge caveat at this stage, which you have to remember if you're going to be dealing with marriages in crisis, and that's you're only hearing one side of the story. 
This could be your best friend that you're talking to and you want to believe everything that she's saying exactly the way that she's saying it. But understand that every story has two sides in the way that her husband might be experiencing the same thing could be very different from what she is telling you about what's going on. And please remember that. Listen, as a matter of fact, in this particular phase, the the, uh, explore phase, it's better if the other person does about 90% of the talking. And what you do is that you ask questions. Now, understand if you ask hard questions at the outset, the other person may not answer because they'll feel threatened. Therefore, they're not at ease. If you discover the other person's not at ease, back up and put things at ease. Talk about fishing, whatever you need to, to put them at ease. But when you explore, you can start off with things like, I can see you're hurting. What's going on? In other words, you don't pry into like, is your marriage in big trouble? You just, you know, gently speak what's going on and let them talk. Now, you pay attention. You listen to what they say. And as they talk about it, you're trying to figure out, okay, what is this person really saying? You want to understand his or her emotions? Even if you think they're wrong, you want to understand his or her emotions. And so you listen. And every once in a while, you can ask a clarification question like, okay, I don't think I really understand that. And they'll explain more. Or, wow, I never knew that was happening in your marriage. When did that start? And you just ask simple conversational questions and you're listening like crazy. And you're particularly listening for their emotions. You want to hear what they're feeling. Sometimes if you do feedback what they're feeling, it's really powerful. Like, wow, uh, you're really angry with him, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. You understand that kind of thing. Don't try to be a psychiatrist. Don't try to be a psychologist. Just be a good conversationalist who listens and feeds back. Now, if they say something where you feel compelled to argue, don't. Not here. For example, (laughs) let's just say I'm talking to some guy and he says, my wife has a demon. Really? Yeah, the other night her head went all the way around. (laughs) She's got a demon. And I'm thinking, "Eh, nobody's head goes all the way around, demon or not. If I say to him, oh, come on, man, get real. Her head didn't go all the way around, then I'm going to stop everything right there. I mean, it's not going to go any further. So instead, you just go, wow. And then you ask them that question. And if he, says, if he comes back to it, did you not hear me? Yeah, I heard you. But, you know, we can fix that. Now, let me ask this next question. Hmm. I actually told the guy one time, yeah, we can fix that in every same situation. We can fix that. Let me just keep asking some questions here because I really want to understand how to help you. If you start arguing with them, they're going to lock down. They're hmm. just going to do it. And you may hear the person say some really mean things about his or her spouse. Okay, pay attention. Hear what they're saying. But as Kimberly just said, don't necessarily believe it. I mean, they may truly believe it right now, but it doesn't necessarily make it so. So as you explore, ask enough questions, listen a lot, ask clarifying questions until you have a pretty good understanding of what's going on. Here's what you really want to do, a pretty good understanding of what's going on. Now, you may not get this far, but you know we do this so much that we can get to the point sometimes of saying, so if I'm hearing what you're saying, you just don't want to be with your wife anymore at all. Yeah, that's right. So what do you really want to have? Now, I'll listen to that a couple of minutes. And then sometimes I'll say, um, do you already have some of that going on? Now, you don't ask that kind of question up early. You ask it after you've been listening for a long period of time. And that's often when people will tell you more about what was really going on. Like, yeah, I'm already in love with this other person or yeah, you know, what I really want is a different lifestyle, and I've already started drinking pretty bad, or whatever else. 
All you want to do here is just understand, just understand and ask questions gently. And this can go on for a long time, based on how much time you have. Mm -hmm. Just keep exploring, keep trying to understand. And remember in your head everything that's important. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I wish you were more like my girlfriend from high school. Hmm. What was she like? He'll tell you a little bit. When's the last time you talked to her? Well, you know, we just reconnected on Facebook. <laughs> you're paying attention. You're asking questions. You're trying to find out. Now, when you finally believe and or convince yourself that you've got a pretty good grasp of what's going on, even if you don't understand all the nuances of it. And by the way, again, this is not making you a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Don't think that you're going to read their mind. Actually, if a psychiatrist or psychologist thinks they're reading their mind, they're messed up too. So once you explore and you think you've really understood it well, then you go to that middle finger, which is? Explain. And the reason that's the explain finger is because if you hold up just that middle finger, you explain quite a few things, especially <laughs> to cars passing you on the road. So I'm sure you have never done that. I actually don't think I have ever. Well, I can't make that same statement. <laughs> <laughs> So the explain is when you're going to, you've gathered enough information where you feel like you have a good grounding of what might be going on and explain is where you start to teach them some principles or some things that you've probably learned. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a fan of marriage helper. You've probably learned some things from all the podcasts you've listened to. And so even if you don't feel comfortable explaining or teaching or doing any of those things yourself, you at least have enough information to where you can say, I have a great resource I want to recommend to you. There's this podcast. Will you listen to it? There's this article. Will you read it? There's this whatever, Facebook group, online course, workshop, whatever it looks like. If you refer them to it, they are going to trust it a whole lot more than if they find it themselves on Google or if, um, you know, many other different ways of finding it. People trust what is referred to them. Therefore, you, if you really want to help marriages, even if your marriage didn't work. Interestingly, a lot of people come to our workshop who are referred to us by somebody who came to the workshop and their marriage didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Now, about three out of four marriages that do come to our workshop, they do work it out. That means about one in four don't. And even those people have helped other people and sent them to us. And here's where you can give your testimony, if you wish. Mm -hmm. You can say, you know, I know how that feels. Let me tell you why. And you can tell a little bit of your story there. Or you can say things such as, you know, we did work it out and we had a marriage problem similar to that. As a matter of fact, I think I was right where you were, where you are now. Or I think my spouse was right where you are now. And this is where you can explain by saying, this is what I know. This is what I've experienced. And as Kimberly said, and here are some resources and we hope that you use our resources. You can use whatever resources you believe in, obviously. But if you go to Marriage Helper, there's a ton of articles there. There's, there's podcasts on that site. There's podcasts on Google Play, podcasts on iTunes. In those two places, you go to Marriage Radio and subscribe free. And if you have enough time, take your smartphone and call it up while you're there with them and say, hey, why don't you read this article right here? So, for example, if a guy said, uh, man, I'm in love with this other woman. I don't love my wife anymore. You can say, hmm, there's a really interesting article here about I'm in love with another person. Let me call it up here for you. Why don't you just read through that real quick? Mm -hmm. And 
articles that you should have read first. You don't have to know them by heart, but at least you know what is there. And so in explaining, what you're doing is you're offering resources. I mean, uh, some people that we know who really want to help couples will immediately say, you just need to go to the Marriage Helper 911 workshop that Marriage Helper does in Nashville, and here's their website. You need to go to the workshop. And we're happy when people refer like that, but that might not be the first step. Right. Because that's a, that's a huge leap. I mean, depending on where their marriage is right now, there's tons of things that could be happening. Their spouse isn't talking to them, this, that, and the other. So the best thing to do to give them hope and to give them help immediately are sharing those principles, those resources with them that they can start implementing immediately in their marriage to start seeing change so that hopefully one day they can take the course or the workshop or whatever it might be. But the biggest thing when you're explaining to remember is that you always want to offer hope. People want to believe that there is hope for their marriage, that they're not in this alone and that they're not crazy for wanting their marriage to work out. That's extremely important. Thank you, Kimberly. And Sometimes you just refer back to something they said when you were exploring. Mm -hmm. You know what you said about this? Man, you know, I just heard a podcast. Ah, I guess it was six, eight months ago about that. I think I could find it really quickly. Let me show you where it is. And so you want to get them to the resource that's the least, has the least amount of friction. Yep. Friction meaning anything that would keep them from doing it. So while we love people recommending our workshop, that sometimes with the first step doesn't do any good at all. Right. And another resource you can actually say, if you want to use our resources, is, oh, you know, I was talking to Amber the other day. That's one of our reps. Or Johnny the other day. That's one of our reps. And or, or I heard them on, on the radio program or I saw the video that they put online or whatever it might be. You know, her story sounds a lot like yours. Mm-hmm. If you wish, Here's the number to call. And then you give them our telephone number. You can find it on our website. I'll give it to you now, but you can find it on our website, 615-472-1161. That's 615-472-1161. And ask for Amber. Or if it's Johnny's story, ask for Johnny. And sometimes that's the thing you do because, but only do that as a first step. If they're saying, I'm ready to go to the workshop, how do I do it? I'll call Amber or Johnny. Or if they in exploring, you heard their story and you thought, man, that sounds a lot like Johnny's story that I saw online or a lot like Amber's story that I saw online. Then say, you know, you might want to call and talk to her. She's been right where you are. Her husband has been right where your husband is. So whatever offers the least friction, okay, that's what you want to do. Whatever offers the least friction. Now, hopefully you explain things based on what you heard in the exploration. And this is the place for you to share your story, if you have one, what you have learned, you say, well, why would I do that? The more open and transparent you are, the more open and transparent that person will be. Sometimes, sometimes when you become open and transparent, say, wow, let me tell you a little bit of my story. Now, again, it doesn't become all about you. You're not going to spend a half hour telling your story. You hear me? You're going to spend maybe five minutes at most telling your story. So get it succinct. And oftentimes after you do that, you're going to find out more because they'll go, well, then maybe you'll understand. And then they'll tell you things they didn't tell you before. That's good because the more, you know, the more you can help them. All right. Now, once you explain the resources, 
maybe explain your story, et cetera, et cetera. But let's just picture the left hand here. And we go to the next finger. That's the ring finger. And we call it that the engage finger, because that's where we get engaged. We ask the person to do something. Yes. When I engage that, when I uh, propose to Alice, I drop down on one knee and actually I didn't get to do that. I would have dropped down on one knee. She didn't run away. She did run away. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a practical joker always have been. And I bought a big box of Cracker Jacks and I hid the engagement ring in it. And I'm so desperately trying to get her to eat all those Cracker Jacks so I can get to the <laughs> ring where I can propose. <laughs> and when she finally got to it and realized what it was, I didn't get the propose because she took off running to show it to her friends. And so, <laughs> but, you know, when you get on the knee to, uh, to propose, it's like, I'm asking you, will you commit to marry me? That's what you're really doing. Now, you have to ask the other person to do something. Mm -hmm. You can explain all day long, but if you don't get their commitment to do something, then they're probably going to do nothing. You say, okay, what kind of commitment? You can get their commitment. Will you call Johnny or will you call Amber? Or if the best thing is, will you read this article? Will you promise me you will? Or will you listen to this podcast? Will you promise me you will? You're asking for that. And if they're not wanting to do all those things, you ask for this. May I talk to you about this again in a week? If nothing else, at least get that engagement. Can I talk to you again about this in a week? And if they say yes, then you've still got opportunity to help them. Now, where would you start if you come back in a week? Right back with a thumb. Put them at ease. Do a little bit more exploring. Uh, asking questions based on what you'd heard before. A little bit different explaining. But the engagement is ask them to do something. Because if you don't, they may not do anything. And if you really want to help them, they've got to do something. Now, sometimes it can be something like this. You know, I... Uh, I've been pretty mean to her lately. I've said some pretty bad things to her. So part of the engagement might be, well, you promise me you won't do that just for the next week. And we'll talk again next week, but you promise you won't say things like that to her again. You're asking for not too many commitments, just a one or two at the most, but you're asking them to do things. Now, if they say no, back up one. You back up to explain. Okay, let me explain to you why I ask you to do that. If they say, well, but I don't think you understand my problem. Okay, back up one to explore. May I ask some more questions? Because I really want to help you. Again, you're not, you're not pulling out a pencil and pad. You're not acting as if you're Sigmund Freud. You're doing this always as a friend, always low-key, always calm, always comfortable. But if one thing's not working, you back up one. Okay, so let's say that they agree to do whatever it is you asked. And maybe that's going to be they're going to read this article. Or maybe it's just going to be that, you know, we can talk again next week. Then there's another step. It's the little pinky finger, and we call that Excel. And we call that Excel because the cartoon, cartoon characters character. yeah. <laughs> don't, have. don't have pinky fingers. But we do, and that's why we excel in life. <laughs> yeah, it's a stretch, but it works. So Think Homer Simpson. <laughs> we are better than Homer Simpson. Yeah. Actually, think Marge. She's much nicer. <laughs> so, so what does that mean? It means you don't forget about them. It means that you circle back. That you, even if they didn't agree to talk to you again in a week, you circle back. You can send them a text. You know, wait a few days. Send them a text. Just want to see how you're doing. Or if you work together, walk by the desk. Hey, it's about break time. You want to have coffee. You circle back. You Because you see, if you just do a hit and run, they're going to kind of think, you didn't really care. 
Mm-hmm. They may think you care, but they may think no. And don't get frustrated if it appears that whatever you're doing to help is not working right now. Sometimes you'll have to go through four or five of these visits before they actually start doing things that'll help their marriages. Again, you're not doing therapy. You're not doing counseling. You're doing other things. You're, you're being there saying, let me send you to the right resource. So for example, if the person were to say something such as, I'm just so depressed, I don't know if I can function in life. Then the engagement you ask for, well, you say, hey, do you know they got some great medicine for that now that doesn't make you like you're all dreamy and sleepy all the time, that you can still be clear-headed, but it'll help that a lot. You can probably get that from your, if it's a female, gynecologist, obstetrician, or if it's a male or a female, you can get it from your regular frontline doc, you know, the one you see. Uh, and then an engagement is, will you call him or her and tell them that you're suffering depression and see if they can give you something for it? And if they go, <laughs> Well, I don't need that kind of stuff. I'm better than that. Back up one to explain. Hey, it's just like taking blood sugar. I mean, insulin, if you have diabetes, it's, there's some great medicines out there. Thank God that men have been able to invent these things and it can sure help you get past that. It doesn't mean you'll have to take it for the rest of your life. So you offer whatever resources available to you that you know is really going to help. For example, you don't say, why don't you come talk to my pastor? If your pastor's going to be one of those people that's going to do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Just, what was it, last week? Two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago, we heard a story where a couple trying to put the marriage back together went to the pastor. He gave them the Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs. Which is a very <laughs> simple profile. And then said, based on this, mm-hmm. you two should have never been married. Uh, you need to go ahead and divorce. I can't even. Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes us really mad. <laughs> so... Don't send them to somebody that's going to do more harm than good. Please use those resources. Now, did you follow all those? Again, we're going to do videos. And in the videos, we'll talk you know, more about this stuff. You can, of course, listen to this again and again and again if you want to on Google Play or on iTunes or even on Blog Talk Radio. You can get to it all kinds of ways. And we will be offering you more resources, giving you more information about how you can help other people. So as Kimberly said earlier, and I didn't think about this until she said that, we might even make a fourth video, which is an explanation video you can show to the other person off your smartphone. Yeah. Or maybe make two or three different explanation videos based on what the problem is. Right. That you can say, hey, I've got a, I've got a four-minute video in my smartphone. Why don't you watch this right now? Mm-hmm. And it'll be something where we can help you explain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even... A huge part of even us at Marriage Helper of what we believe in the way we believe we should interact with the people around us is relationally. We want there to be conversation. We're not trying to put ourselves up on a pedestal and speak down to you. We want to talk to you like we're friends because we are friends. We're building a friendship with all of you out there. And that's that's how we want to come across as a brand, so to say. That's who we are. We want to be compassionate, respectful. We don't judge others. These are all things that we hold to be core values of ours. And so that's important when you're, especially when you're referring someone to get help, but it's also important that that person can be introduced to these people that are, that you are sending them to so that they have a basis of who are these people? Why should I listen to them? Um, you know, what are their story? How do they understand what I'm going through? And so all of those are important to have. And we want to set you up for success to help marriages by providing you that. That's very well said. I like that a lot. 
Now, if you're thinking, but wait a minute, my marriage is in distress. Well, if you focus only on your own distress, the world kind of shrinks in on you. It can actually be a value to you, even if your marriage is distressed right now, to still reach out and try to help other people. Why? Because it keeps you from looking inwardly all the time. And who knows? By doing that, you may get some ahas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking to the person, you might go, oh, wait a minute. That's what's happening to us. Oh, I mean, don't help other people if you can't, if you're so distressed that you, you know, just freak out. Don't, we're not asking you to hurt yourself at all. But even if your marriage is in distress, it can be really good for you to help others. Or if you're saying, like one lady told me years ago, I don't know how to help marriages. I don't have a terrible story. You don't have to have a terrible story. You really don't. You just got to be able to ask questions and listen and help. Now, let me change gears just a bit here. So what if you try that 5E system, which, by the way, is, you know, copyrighted by me from many years ago, actually. So if you use it, please give credit, okay? What if they don't want to talk to you? Or what if you're the spouse and, and your friends don't know how to help? There's one other thing to do, and that's when the people are not willing to talk, but there's somebody or hopefully several somebodies in their world that they respect enough that they can do an intervention. Now, let me explain very quickly what that means. If you go to marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com, use that little search feature at the top of the page and type in intervention, you can find it. It has an ebook there that I think is like 30 or 40 pages, something like that. Mm-hmm. And there are two 45-minute audios where I'm teaching a live audience how to do intervention. And it's typically not going to work if the spouse tries to do an intervention. It has to be about other people. But it needs to be people that this person respects or has some kind of relationship with. So it could be the leaders at church if, if the other spouse respects them. It could be your children if they're grown or at least they're old enough to do it. Let's say it that way. It, it can be anybody that does have some kind of relationship with the person. You say, well, wait a minute. Intervention, what do you mean? It's when the other person is doing something destructive to himself or others or herself or others and not stopping. So, for example, the model that I've built there that you can use is based on the one that uh, the AA people, Alcoholics Anonymous, use to do interventions. By the way, the typical intervention for an alcoholic, it is the fifth intervention that finally works. So hmm. don't think you can do all of this in one session. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. Sometimes it'll take two or three or four or even five. So let's say a person is drinking to excess and causing all kinds of problems. That document will tell you in great detail how to do the intervention. Now, occasionally, I've had people call me back or contact us back and say, well, the people I asked to do intervention said they don't need to read all of that and listen to all of that. They, they, they're just going to go talk to him or just going to go talk to her, and everything's going to be fine. And every single time, no exception that anybody's ever told me they were going to do it that way, the intervention failed miserably. You have to know what you're doing. Now, I'm not claiming I'm that brilliant. I'm saying I base this on AA's model. And these guys have been around for a long time and done a whole lot of good things out there. I modified it to apply to marriage situations, such as adultery. Or, but you can use it for alcohol, drug addiction. You can use it for all kinds of things when the other person is continuing to do things that are destroying him or others or her or others. And this intervention, if you do it, Please follow it step by step. Don't skip any. Don't try to do it, you know, on the fly. 
do it the way it's described, which actually also calls for rehearsal. Really? Yes, rehearsal. Because if you're really trying to save somebody's life or their spiritual life or their emotional life, then you need to do it the right way. And so that's there. It's available to you. It is absolutely free. Typically will not work if the spouse does it, but it can be done by a boss and some others like that. It can be done by children if they're old enough. It can be done by good friends. It can be done by siblings, like brothers or sisters. It can actually be done by parents. It can be done by, by church leaders if they have a relationship with a person. I'm just telling you, that is there for you. If the easy system doesn't work, that one rather than just abandoning people and letting them go. Because, well, let's just, I'll just say it the way they say it in AA when it comes to alcohol. There's only three ends to a person who keeps drinking heavily. They're either going to be locked up or they're going to get covered up. That means buried. Or they're going to get sobered up. Meaning they're going to find the right kind of help and, and get past the alcoholism. Now, they'll still be a recovering alcoholic, but they'll live the rest of the life sober. Did you hear those three things? Locked up, covered up, meaning buried or sobered up. Well, think about that in terms of somebody who is destroying a marriage through infidelity. Can they wind up dead from it? Actually, they can, but I'm not going to go into that right now. But can they wind up doing all kinds of damage to other people, like their own children or the other person's children? Yes. Their own spouse, other people's spouse? Yes. People over whom they used to have influence that now they no longer will or their influence is bad? Yes. So it's not the same as locked up, covered up, or, or sobered up. It's nothing good's going to come if they pursue this path. Somebody, somebody needs to intervene. Kimberly, what else would you like to say before we take a caller? It's so important to understand these principles and implement them. If you listen to this, but then don't actually go out and help other people, then you're not really helping anyone. It's the implementation of these things that are really going to help marriages all across America, all across the world. And our mission, of course, at Marriage Helper, our organization's mission is to help save 10,000 marriages over the next five years. And we understand that we are a group of people who are passionate and we're committed and we can do a lot with the team that we have. But we also know that when we have arms of people who are passionate about saving marriages as well and who go out there and who impact and affect their local churches and friend groups and things like that, that we can do so much more good together than we can alone. I probably shouldn't tell you this, and Kimberly's going to get onto me after the program is over, or it could be bad enough. She'll get onto me right here in front of you guys. We'll see. So, so it's, it's premature, but I'm going to say anyway, we're going to work out some kind of a certification program mm. so that you can actually be certified by Marriage Helper to be a person who works with marriage. It's not as a counselor or therapist, not the same thing, mm -hmm. but certified to be able to help in ways beyond what most people can do. And if you decide to do that, you'll actually go through our certification program. We'll train you in a lot of things. We'll test you to make sure you really understand it. And, and Kimberly's right. We're, we're a handful of people in our organization, even though it gets bigger and bigger every day, while there are millions of people in America, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, over 300 million and uh, there's several thousand of you listening right now. Wouldn't it be amazing for this country if you say, I want to learn how to do this? Mm -hmm. So write us at help 
at marriagehelper.com. Yeah, and let us know that you want to help troubled marriages, and we will make sure you are directed to get the right emails, the right content. Okay, so let's take a call right now. I think this is Chicago, area code 847. Hello, you're on the Dr. Joe Show. How can we help you this evening? Hello, Joe. Yes? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, hi. Um, we, my wife and I went to your guys' seminar. I'm so sorry. Uh, that connection, I lost. I'm sorry. And I don't have time to go back to it again, so I'm so very sorry because we, we're just about out of time. Uh, sir, I'm so sorry we can't talk about that tonight, but please know we care. And we'll be back on here next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central Time doing our best to help you. Until then... Have a good evening.